the impact of chat GPT type technologies on patent councils and inventors, embracing creativity and systematic thinking in an age of automation. Hi, this is John Cronin uh, in our series from Invent Anything. Today, we will cover in this episode how ChatGPT te technologies really have revolutionized automation. Now, this automation has led to impacting now patent attorneys and inventors and how they work. And just like ATMs put a lot of bank tellers on notice that they had to up their game, now we think uh, as time progresses that ChatGPT-like technologies will impact patent councils and inventors. So we're proposing creativity and systematic thinking tools which we've been using for years to really distinguish the work of patent attorneys and patent agents and inventors, uh, especially as they get threatened with chat GPT type automation technologies. Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin. So today we'll cover six topics. First, an introduction of things like what chat GPT-like technologies are doing, what creativity is, what systematic thinking is. Then we'll move to how we harness, topic number two, how we harness creative thinking and systematic thinking tools. Then we'll talk in topic number three about ways to supercharge patent counsels, uh, patenting results. And then we'll move from that to uh, Topic four, which is using creativity and systematic inventing tools to overcome things like prior art. And topic number five, we'll cover using creative creativity tools for filling up the IP white space. And this should be a guide to counsel and to inventors uh, to improve their patent strategies. And then finally, we'll talk about in topic number six, how patent attorneys and inventors could use creativity tools to direct invention for forward patents, a combination of Topic six and five together are very powerful ways of forecasting the future of invention. And then, of course, we'll wrap up. Each time I do a podcast, I sort of think about the audience because it always changes from podcast to podcast. And today, I think the audience is really pretty broad. It's generic. It's really for those that are working in the field of intellectual property, especially if you're considering thinking about what the impact of chat GPT-like technologies are. A second area where audience might be is certainly for in-house counsel because it should be interesting because the productivity gains of chat GPT like technologies is going to be enormous. And so we should learn how uh, in-house counsel can start to differentiate themselves. Of course, when I decided on doing this podcast, I was thinking of external counsel where their models many times on billable hours will be directly threatened by chat GPT like technology. So this is definitely for you because learning some of these creativity and systematic thinking tools can really differentiate you over this automation. My friend inventors, uh, of which I am one, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this, what it means to us inventors. So a great audience here is to sort of thinking about inventors and what this means to improve your productivity and the quality of your results in inventing. And finally, thinking about an audience that is just following things like chat GPT, like technologies. You might be very interested in this and how it sheds a light on automation tools and how it impacts invention and patent attorneys and inventors. So this is John Cronin in our Invent Anything series. And coming up, we'll investigate how ChatGPT type technologies can revolutionize and automate these human-like uh, processes like 
patent attorneys have and inventors have. And we need to learn to stay competitive. So we'll be talking about how creativity and systematic thinking tools can redefine the roles of patent counsel and also in the future maybe using a redefined role with creativity and systematic thinking tools along with chat GPT-like technologies to really develop uh, incredibly new inventions and patents and do it very quickly. So getting to the uh, topic number one, the introduction. And so this introduction is really about how chat GPT type technologies uh, are impacting patent councils and inventors that need now to up their game using these creativity and systematic thinking tools. I just wanna mention that each of these topic areas have a corresponding blog and we'll put the link to it in our IP Capital blog listing. So you can actually read about this as well as hear about it. And there's more information in the blog, of course, than we'll cover here in this podcast. So there's some backup information there. So first of all, let's get right into it. Chat GPT type technologies have really amazed me. And if you at all, you know, following it, you'll see how amazing it's gonna revolutionize pretty much everything. And what we're finding now is more and more patent attorneys, inventors, and people that are in the invention space are using ChatGPT to help them enable inventions, help them create ideas. You can follow along in some of the blogs that I've written where I've tested ChatGPT on how good it is to be creative and how good it is to help enable inventions. And we, we did a podcast on that as well. So certainly it's impactful. But that means that it's going to start impacting the roles of patent counsel and inventors because what happens when a lot of that work can be done in 11 seconds versus in days? It's really something to think about. I said we'll talk about creativity tools, but it's really good to actually define what creativity tools are. And for us, these are really tools that help foster basically new ideas and associative thinking. We have a number of podcasts on the definition of creativity and creativity tools in our series. So you should go and see those first two or three podcasts in our series because they delve down deep into what creativity tools are. We're also talking about systematic thinking tools. Systematic thinking tools are tools that provide a very structured approach to thinking. You know, a very simple example is in IP Capital, we have an invent around tool for claims. It's an 18 point checklist. So we're trying to invent around a claim, we go through the checklist. See, that's systematic thinking versus just trying to invent around a patent without any structure. So let me talk about so what this means to patent counsel, point number one, automation effect. You know, AI-powered tools have gotten better and better. There have been tools for patent attorneys that help them basically do better research. There are tools for patent attorneys that they can write their patents inside of the tool that does error correction for them. It helps them look up case law. There are tools that actually will read the claim and essentially uh, help the patent attorney you know, make sure that the claims are all related to the specification. There are even some tools where you can write a claim and the AI, the AI will write a good part of the patent spec. But those are structured tools and they cost money and they take a lot of time to learn. ChatGPT is so simple that you can just write a prompt where you can have it look at uh, a claim and ask ChatGPT what's wrong with it. Or you can 
add some material and ask ChatGPT to write a claim uh, or ask it to expand on a certain topic. And it does it instantly. Now, of course, the warning here in these ChatGPT tools is that ChatGPT is only relevant up to, say, September 2021. Uh, in the future, it will be updated. They have updating training modules. But you can go to ChatBing or some other technologies that are actually a real time on the web. One of the things in sort of a second impact to patent attorneys is that I really think that embracing creative thinking tools is becomes a way to differentiate. What I mean by that is that patent attorneys work with inventors and inventors of course are very creative. So wouldn't it make sense for them to have more understanding of the creative process and structure around how they talk to patent attorneys so they can help inventors sort of flesh out their creative ideas more. The same is true with an impact with patent consoles on systematic thinking. That I mentioned the event around checklist, but there are many potential checklists that can be used for all sorts of things. How to write a patent that's more for infringement or more for licensing. If you're writing a method claim, how to simply turn it into a system claim or even a business model claim. So there's just so many systematic thinking tools that can help patent attorneys. If I move to inventors and ask the question, well, how does automation, ChatGPT-like tools impact inventors? I certainly see this every day now. Uh, my staff and other inventors that we work with are, are, are basically using it as a tool to help them generate enablement for their ideas. I even had a client recently send me an email where they were thinking about an idea and they decided to flush it out. And they gave me a two-page email where they had just simply entered a prompt into ChatGPT and they copied and pasted it into the email about the kinds of things they want to see in a new invention. That's pretty slick. One of the things is, is the second impact to inventors is that maybe by collaborating with an AI tool like ChatGPT's tools and, and large language model tools, with these creative thinking tools, they can be much more powerful. The same is true of systematic analysis and systematic thinking because inventors can use structured tools to basically improve their chances of expanding inventions or creating new derivative inventions. One of the things is when you can now put together patent councils and inventors with creativity and systematic thinking tools and AI tools like ChatGPT technologies, that combination becomes really powerful. But that leads us directly to the problem that I hope this podcast will address. And that is, I don't really understand creativity tools. I really don't understand systematic thinking tools. I've been playing around with ChatGPT and I get this and I'm a patent attorney and I get this. So what is these creativity tools and systematic thinking tools that, that John is talking about? That's the problem is that there's the ability for you to recognize that maybe there's a need for education. And we've been educating patent attorneys over the last number of years. Uh, we celebrated our 25th year at IP Capital uh, two days ago. And one of the accomplishments that I spoke about is that we're pretty unique in bringing creativity tools and systematic thinking tools into the practice of intellectual property. It turns out that the 25 years of doing this, uh, we certainly have taken advantage of it to differentiate ourselves as consultants. But now I think it's going to be required to differentiate, differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself uh, as patent counselor inventors because automation is going to take over. That's a forecast. So one of the things about patent councils uh, with these AI generating tools like ChatGPT is you won't believe what could be done in like 
to overcome prior art, to find prior art, and then to have tools to help you overcome it. Because that's certainly a good part of the thinking of what a patent attorney will do. Another thing is that you can focus on all sorts of new things that you couldn't do before and do it more easily, like finding the white space and inventing and forward patenting. So we're going to cover a number of these things. So let me go into topic number two, harnessing creative thinking and systematic thinking tools. Again, I want to say that we have blogs now in the IP Capital website. We'll give links uh, where we flush this out more. But let me start off with harnessing the power of creativity uh, with patent attorneys and inventors and start right off the bat by talking about patent counsels and patent agents, uh, patent attorneys. And I, and I work with hundreds of them, so every day. And most of my friends uh, are patent counsel. Um, it's always surprised me how, you know, when you pass the patent bar, you know, you're, you're basically answering questions about how to practice uh, prosecution and patents and guiding their clients on the practice of law based upon the MPEP. It may hold for patenting and, and examination procedures. And so I get that. And that's what the test is about. And if you're an attorney, you have to have at least four years of technical work, at least a bachelor's or four, four years of, and it can be in any kind of field, you know, it could be computer science or chemistry, but they want a patent attorney or a patent agent to have at least a year, uh, have at least four years of sort of an engineering background. But what's always amazing to me is there's no other requirement. There isn't any real requirements on creativity or facilitation and things like that. You can get a PhD in creativity in a couple of universities in the world, but maybe now is the time that we want to start training ourselves in the year of creativity. So the second point is that since patent bars don't require creative thinking, just engineering, um, there's going to be no requirement to do creative thinking or systematic thinking uh, in the practice of patent law. Uh, so I'll leave it up to you because I firmly believe by learning these things, not only have much more fun, but you'll do three things. You'll have much you'll have much more effectiveness with your client. The quality of the output will be really great. And the work that you'll do can be expanded tenfold. In other words, there's so many more things you could do for your client. Embracing these tools uh, for creative thinking can help patent consoles understand the voice of the inventor. You've heard the topic voice of the customer, right? So understanding how the inventive mind thinks, I think, should be a primary consideration of the patent consoles and patent engineers. And sure, you'll pick up how it works as you're in practice. You're in practice for three years or four years or 10 years or 15 years or 30, 40 years. You, you'll pick up how inventors kind of think. But imagine being able to bring uh, some facilitative techniques to help the inventor really understand their own creative thinking and to use creative thinking tools on them to help them do expansion of inventions and, and inventing around and so on. Another thing that will occur here is novelty and understanding novelty will certainly be improved by understanding how to strengthen patent claims so that they're more novel. And we have systematic thinking tools that help with this. Systematic thinking tools like the opposite. It's a tool that we use over and over again to help expand the novelty of claims. Think about non-obviousness. That's an area that all patent councils and, and patent agents work on. We actually have tools to help with this. Uh, one tool, for instance, is a systematic thinking tool called morphological matrix and morphological analysis. 
I could tell you more about that, but it's a destruction tool that takes claim elements and morphs them systematically into different, different types of directions. So you can take a look at all the possibilities of expanding a claim. Now, certainly patent attorneys will do this in their head to some level, but the power of doing it as a, as a systematic thinking tool is tremendous. I mentioned a few times in one of the services that we have is inventing around. We have an 18 point checklist. As a matter of fact, there's a podcast on inventing around. This is a systematic thinking tool to help patent counsels do their work. If we're thinking about office actions, we actually have a number of tools that help us craft compelling responses using systematic thinking tools. We have sort of a non-obvious tool that we use uh, that helps us and patent counsel together uh, do that. One of the things is that patent counsel are always working on overcoming the examiner's objections. So there are all sorts of potential tools that are used to do that. One tool that we like to use is the how-why tool. It's a creativity tool where the how-why is basically getting into different levels of abstraction of dealing with the examiner's objections. And then finally, in this topic, uh, I'd like to, so there's so many things to talk about in this topic about patent counsels and inventors and, and how we can embrace creativity and systematic thinking. But one thing certainly is true is that patent counsels with these creativity tools and systematic thinking tools can become much better partners to their clients and inventors. So it's something to think about. So coming up, believe it or not, we can actually supercharge the results of patent counsel through the use of creativity tools and systematic thinking tools. And we'll describe a number of these and how you do things like overcoming prior art uh, and give numerous examples of how that's done. Okay, so let's get into topic number three, ways to supercharge patent counsel's patenting results. Now, first of all, I'm not a patent attorney or a patent agent. Uh, I have patent attorneys and agents that work for me, but uh, we don't practice law at IP Capital. So at least you should know that sort of I'm an outsider if you think about it. Uh, but I have written hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of cases. When I was an inventor at IBM, I had over 100 patents, and I wrote most of the case myself um, at the at, towards the end of my inventing career. And I had, I don't know how many other hundreds of inventions that were in process. I ran the IBM Patent Factory and worked with patent consoles over eight years. We went from about 1,000 to 3,500 patents a year. And my team of 20 people wrote most of those up. At IP Capital, we basically uh, written, uh, I would say, thousands and thousands and thousands of provisionals that are 25 or 30 pages long. We don't write, we don't practice law, uh, but we give this work to our partner patent attorneys. And so all the time we have patent counsels involved to give legal opinions and so on. But we've done a lot of work. And of course, I, I'm an author of uh, 1,600 or so patents and applications. So of course I can write my own patent claims for my own inventions. So I have a lot of experience and so does my team. So I just want to put that on the front end. So who, who am I and why could I be you know, telling you how to prove your job? Um, the other thing I'll tell you is I've made a long-term life study since about 1988 in the area of creative thinking and creative problem solving and systematic thinking. I have a couple of engineering degrees. I also have a degree in psychology, which I've applied to this area of creativity. And so for decades, I've been using uh, talking about and implementing creative thinking and systematic thinking tools in our practice. And year on and year in, uh, over 25 years, we have an exceptional except, exceptional uh, client result, which is that they come to us to help us 
to have us help them expand their inventions. So let's get into ways that I believe that patent councils can supercharge their own patent results. And my motivation here is to help patent council. And many times the motivation would be that we end up working together so they can start learning some of this stuff because it's very difficult. There's very few places you can learn some of this stuff. My hope is in this podcast that you can learn some of the stuff and even try it out yourself. Because we'll take a little bit of homework to figure out some of this stuff. So first of all, is a basic concept in creativity is that if you want to raise the quality of an idea, if you want to raise the quality of something, you have to improve the quantity of it. So it's so much better to have 100 ideas before you choose one. You might think that's inefficient, but many of our brainstorming sessions, invention on demand, we call it, we, have, we generate hundreds of ideas. So we can pick the top 10 or 15 to document, and then we can group those 100 into these 10 or 15 maybe. So quantity helps us produce quality. And that's that's really important. And what we want to do is to do use that concept in all sorts of different ways to help supercharge patent console. So one tool that I've talked about is Invention on Demand, and we have a podcast on that. So it's a 25-minute podcast. It's in our series. You can take a look at that. But this is a great way to generate more and more ideas so patent councils can essentially have much more invention, so to speak, to choose from before they start to document anything. Another way is to use uh, structured creativity tools uh, in brainstorming so that we can encourage these ideas, but we can encourage them in different places. We can have encourage them to create you know, more system inventions or more method inventions or more business-oriented inventions. So these creativity tools inside of Invention on Demand can actually direct invention. One of the things we recognize is that creativity tools uh, can really help generate huge volumes of ideas with a small group. There's a tool we use called brainwriting. Brainwriting is simply uh, an, a set of, uh, it's a tool that you might work with the two or three inventors where they'll each write you know, a, a concept of their invention and they pass that to the next person who builds on it and they pass it to the third person, they build on it and they do that for half a dozen concepts within the invention. And now you've got 10 times three or 30 new improvement ideas of the patent before you write it up. And it takes 20 minutes. It's something that you'd never really get when you uh, would just do it through facilitation. Um, so tools like brain, brain writing. One of the things to supercharge uh, patent council's work is through expanding specifications. So we use tools like mind mapping to do this. In other words, how do I take the idea that I'm writing as a specification and broaden it out, get a much larger spec? So you might try mind mapping to do that. And there's a number of tools to do that. We can also supercharge the way that you can create dependent claims. Uh, we have tools like attribute listing, which is a tool that we've developed to help us look at the attributes of the first claim and then look at attributes we want to expand and then create a whole set of dependent claims and then go back and make sure the specification fortifies it. A lot of attorneys do this the other way. They write the spec and then go through that spec to figure out what are the dependent claims but here, what we would do is to create the dependent claims and then reverse those back into the spec using the attribute listing tool. Another thing that we will do with to supercharge patent counsel's work is to use all sorts of different tools to help them get different points of view. A great tool for this is called Scamper, where you, Scamper stands for substitute, combine, et cetera. And you can look that tool up. But using that tool, working with your client inventor, you can get many dimensions to help you with enablement. 
We can supercharge prior on searching. We use tools like analogies, and that's a tool that is used to help expand keyword searching. So you might take a look at that. And there are many other tools that will help uh, keyword searching. Certainly, it makes sense that expertise in keyword searching is what you want. But over time, that expert is building all sorts of creative thinking tools to help them. Now, they generally don't put labels on them, but we do. One of the things is that you can supercharge your uh, patent prosecution work with inventors by unveiling trade secrets. And so we use tools like role-playing as we're dealing with a, a particular patent to try to figure out how we could generate and understand trade secrets related to the patent. And so you might look up role-playing and some other tools like that that might help you expand that. And, and one of the last things we do to help supercharge patent console is that a lot of times we'll expand inventions and figure out where we can get enabled publications so that we can produce our own prior art. And so between patents, trade secrets, and enabled publications, which I call the three legs of the IP stool, if you will, we can help really develop better and better patent prosecution patents. Let's move on to topic number four. Another thing that we can do to overcome prior art is develop a uh, prior art checklist. Now, I mentioned that we have an inventor on checklist. We also have things in, in, in prior art checklist that we will use in order to both find the prior art and overcome the prior art. So one of the things that we would do to overcome the prior art is use a systematic thinking tool like a cross map. And what this is, it takes elements of a claim and as columns and elements of the same claim as rows and cross it and look at interactions. It's a very powerful tool to see where novelty might exist in the cross of attributes of claims. Uh, that leads directly to another systematic thinking tool called morphological matrix. And here what we're trying to do is to take elements of the claim and morph them structurally, systematically, to see how that morphing overlaps with the prior art or doesn't. And it gives us the way that we can start overcoming the prior art. One of the fantastic fun tools we use to overcome the prior art is called opposites by basically taking the prior art and taking the opposite of the prior art to, to really consider uh, what the prior art means. See, so taking the opposite of something, taking the opposite of an op opposite gives you back the answer. So if you take the opposite to, to look at what the prior art is probably not telling us and listing that and reversing that, that could tell you kind of what the prior art might be telling you. And we use tools like the random seed, very powerful tool in creativity to essentially take a random object and ask ourselves, what's what does a banana peel have to do with this prior art? It may sound strange, right? But banana peel has attributes like it uh, is slippery or it might turn colors as it ages. And those attributes looking at the claim might say, hey, you know, when I'm looking at this claim, how can I slip, you know, something into the claim that might differentiate one of these features to overcome the prior art? Or if I say that patent, Banana peel, uh, if the banana peel will age over time, sort of thinking about how time could affect the claim. And therefore, maybe I adjust the claim thinking more about the future. So these are cert certain ways we can overcome the prior art. The last one I'll mention, which many people do know, uh, it's a systematic thinking tool called SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities. And by listing that, you can actually do a really good job in understanding you know, the prior art and how your invention will overcome the prior art. So coming up, we're going to see how we can use creativity tools and systematic thinking tools to fill out the patent white space and also to develop forward patenting.
So now we're going to talk about topic number five, which is using creativity tools to help fill the IP white space. And this is a great guide for patent counsel and inventors. And once again, just to want to recall that there's a blog that packs this up a little more detail than we'll talk here. I think patent counsels and inventors, I think we all know the, the patent white space is. But for those that probably are not patent attorneys or inventors, watching this podcast, at least to find it. You see, the patent white space are really areas that aren't covered by existing patents, and they allow for innovation and research to occur without the uh, possible of infringement risks. And it's really vital to understand the white space because it helps you prevent legal issues. It can strengthen your patent strategies. It helps you promote collaboration in the organization because you know where the white space is, where novelty is. Uh, and it really is great for understanding the competitive market space and understanding the competitive pressures. So that's what the white space is. So we want to fill the white space. That means we want to put ideas in the white space, patents in the white space that don't exist. So one of the primary tools is called associative thinking that are used to expand technologies and variations. And we have a whole podcast on associative thinking. It's ways to generate new ideas in a, using creative thinking tools. One of the things in filling the white space is to do it in targeted areas inside the white space. White space isn't just one little place. It's, it, it's a space region in a patent landscape. Uh, and the public can be multiple white spaces. So one of, the, one of the things you want to do is to really define these areas of white space and fill those in targeted areas within patents. But one of the nice ways to think about this is um, looking at competitive tools, uh, competitive patents, right? Who's the main competitors and, and how good are their patents? So one tool we use is an IP strength tool to figure out the strength of the claims of patents in the white space or, or patents near the white space. One, another tool that we'll use is a, a trend analysis. Uh, and, and a lot of these tools can be purchased as some online tools, et cetera. But using trend analysis as a way to essentially figure out the trends of major competitors. And sometimes the, face, the space could be filled with patents, but the future space might not be filled in a, in a trend chart. You might find that some competitors in some areas of the landscape have very few patents and, and a very small trend. So those can be considered white spaces as well. We have a tool called the university tool that helps us sort of look at universities in the, in the landscape white space. And, and the reason why I want to look at universities is they tend to be more forward thinking in, in terms of things of technologies that are not yet in you know, as products. So many times having a university view of, of the landscape can show us the white space in a very different way. And then we use that as a way to recognize that maybe our clients would develop more patents in the direction of where the university is headed, usually in the applications of the research of the patents versus just using the university patents by itself. We have a tool that helps us modify claim type. Um, of course, this might be a standard way patent counsel would think about it, but you, you when you're looking at, say, two or 3,000 patents in the landscape, we can organize those patents by claim type. So we can show the landscape as a view of method inventions or as a view of system inventions or as a view of our article of manufacturer, et cetera, et cetera. As we all know, there's about 12 or 14 claim types. So we could do those overlays, which gives us a very powerful way to say that the white space might not just be in a topical area in the patent landscape, but it could be an IP type. One of the things is to fill in the white space is to try to identify critical gaps in claims. And a lot of times, uh, you know, a range of a certain parameter is important 
or the combination of certain functions for in, a, in, a, in a claim, but not other combinations. And so we actually have tools that allow us to look at the functional results of claims and put them in matrices, et cetera, systematic thinking tool, and then help us figure out, my goodness, if we did this range and that function, that's a white space. Uh, one of the things we could do is also use tools like the individual inventor tool. We can carve them out of the landscape and find out where individual inventors are and aren't. A lot of times we find that individual inventors actually are in the white space. So we might not need a patent in the white space. We might just decide to buy the patents from the inventors. Independent inventors tend to love to sell their patents. And finally, one of the things we do is called the cross map. Uh, so we'll take a landscape area against itself in a, in, in a map and basically show how uh, there's a lot of paths that might use one part of the landscape and uh, another part of the landscape, a lot of one pattern group. Uh, and then we'll find others where there's not very many inventions or no inventions in a cross place in, in the landscape. So if you have things like, like a landscape that has basic technologies like you know cleaning and brushing and burring and, and annealing, I'm just making this up, and those are sort of technologies, and then you put annealing and burring and brushing and whatever has columns and rows and cross it, you may find there's a lot of inventions in annealing also that has burring, but none that has brushing and bur burring. So what happens is it becomes a white space in a cross map. So there's so many systematic thinking tools that could be used to help us with the white space. You can see if you're an inventor or patent counsel or an individual kind of listening to this, it may sound like a generic thing for the white space, which at one level is just, there's no patents there, let's create some patents there. Yeah, I get it. But many times people think they, they're looking at the landscape and they say it's covered with patents so there's no white space. Think again, because the last six tools I just gave you were ways to find white spaces within what you thought there was no white space in. Very powerful. So let's move into topic number six. The final topic is, how patent councils and inventors can use the creativity tools for forward patenting. By forward patenting, I have to at least discuss that. And once again, there's a blog written on this in uh, the IP Capital Resources for blogs. But forward patents are really those patents that don't cover existing products, but they really project the future of the product. By having forward patents, one could easily develop their technologies in the patents and then later on develop it as a product, meaning that it gives you some time to essentially um, produce the product by having ownership earlier on. And since past the last 20 years, and let's face it, technology will change rapidly. Uh, most technologies don't last 20 years. So it's a great idea to basically forward patent and own it, uh, given your clients or given inventors and, and, and their companies the ability to own the rights and then head towards those rights and not really worry so much about the competition beating them because they have the patents. So forward patents can help Patent counsel and inventors strategically direct invention in those areas where there should be long-term value. You can do forward patenting by using a supply chain thinking tool. What does that mean? Well, simply put, when you have invention, you could say, what will my suppliers be doing in the future? What will my customers be thinking in the future? And start to think about patents in that way and do forward patenting in the supply space or the customer space. We have tools that are called customer chain thinking tools. We're actually thinking about the whole chain of the customer and where they may uh, use your patents. And so want to get patents in the customer space. Now I know sometimes you don't want to do that because that could have ill feelings between you and your customer, but there's a lot of strategies. 
whereby in the customer chain, you can patent. One of the tools we use uh, very quite a bit is called business model tool. And that's a systematic thinking tool which, where we take any claim and ask how money is made and go through how these claims can be construed in, in a business sense and think about, is there a business model pattern? Now, I haven't done a podcast on this. I've thought about it uh, all through last year. Should I do one? Um, there's a whole debate about business models, as we know. Uh, a lot of companies don't think they're possible. Of course, they are. Some patent attorneys might not recommend it um, because they understand you know, what's happened in the whole space of business model inventions and Alice and all that stuff. But I will tell you that I think it's reasonable to at least construct business model potential inventions and claims, at least to consider whether or not we should file them. One of the tools we use for forward patenting is called Timescale, where you're kind of thinking about one year, two years, five years, 10 years. And by using different horizons, we're able to kind of morph the thinking to figure out how forward a patent do we want. Uh, we talked about claim types in the white space. Here we go again. One of the forward patenting tools is, since I've got a system invention, do I want to have a software as a service invention uh, as a forward patent? So there's ways to use claim types to project where forward patenting should be. One of the things with uh, these tools, and I mentioned how wide thinking before, we can use how, how wide thinking in forward patenting. You know, by asking the question, why, 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 or how, 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 we tend to either go more broadly in, in, in what the thing means or more detailed. And many times asking why, why, why questions, you can broaden the invention out into different market areas. By, by asking how, how, how questions, you can actually find more specifics about how to do the invention even better and, and forward patent that. And then finally, in that kind of line of thinking, there's also the invent underneath thinking tools that we would use for forward patenting. What that means is taking what we do, thinking about how it could be done more specifically better. So if there's a particular algorithm that does something to some level of efficiency, maybe inside that algorithm is a way to improve the speed of collecting the data to improve that efficiency. So that's inventing underneath. Now I know that algorithms are not you know, pat patentable by themselves. It's the instantiation of the algorithm, but the example I gave would be an algorithm that we can use examples for forward patenting uh, by thinking underneath in compositions of matter or methods or, or systems, et cetera. And then finally, one uh, tool that we can use is to, before patenting, is we can use creativity tools uh, on any level of uh, uh, the technologies or products that the client has. So you can do forward thinking uh, of patents they don't even yet have in a space that they're not yet in. You could do forward patenting on a space they've been working on for 20 years. Uh, you could use forward patenting on the technologies that they believe are very important. If some of the technologies they have are ancillary, you might run a session where you could say, what would be the forward patents of those ancillary technologies? Why do we do that? It's because in almost every single case, the technologies your client has today are going to be different five years from now. And the, and the differentiation may actually be these ancillary technologies. So I just give an example of a half a dozen forward patenting tools. There are many more. But I hope it was enough to convince you that forward patenting is, again, a way that we can use systematic and creativity tools, systematic thinking tools and creativity tool to help our patent consoles and inventors. So let's wrap up. In, in topic number one, we kind of gave an introduction. We talked about using chat GPT and how automation is going to create real concerns for patent consoles and inventors. We talked about creativity tools and systematic thinking tools. We discussed how to empower inventors and patent attorneys to maybe redefine their roles uh, to a higher level set of tasks. So instead of doing patent prosecution, where a chat GPT tool can start to automate a lot of that, 
you start to have more interest in understanding helping the client think about the patents they want to get uh, or think about strategies to invent around, et cetera. Another thing is that uh, we, we discussed in the introduction ways that these creativity and systematic thinking tools can help us overcome legal challenges or how to do idea development or how you as a patent counsel or inventor can use these tools to help collaborate better with each other. And then even how we can enhance training. Like it's sort of, I, I ended the introduction part by talking about, you know, it, it is all about how we're trained. And um, I'm using this podcast as a way to kind of maybe change patent counsel or inventors to have them think about changing their thinking about what they're being training themselves on. Uh, if they don't start to change, unfortunately with ChatGPT like technologies, they're gonna see more and more threat to their billable hours or to the quantity of quality they're getting versus others who are using these tools. In topic number two, we talked about, given that, let's harness the creative thinking and systematic thinking tools. So here we talked about uh, getting to the level where you can use these creativity tools to do all sorts of things like enhance the quote, voice of the inventor to the patent attorney. We talked about strengthening patent claims or enhancing novelty or helping us with non-obvious. In this section, we talked about how you can facilitate brainstorming sessions to do more robust patent applications. We talked about help proposing inventive workarounds. We talked about creating compelling responses to patent examiners using creativity tools. We also talked about how to justify the patenting with the examiner, uh, how systematic thinking tools can be used to do that. And we gave a, a couple uh, tools to do that. We talked about how patent counselors can become valuable partners and advisors as they start to get more trained up in these areas with the hope that in topic number two, we talked about that maybe this podcast by itself will start you on that journey of training. Wouldn't it be great if patent consoles, for instance, can get you know uh, CLE training credits for learning about how to do systematic thinking and creative thinking tools. So here we took it right to the point of you know exactly what we need to do to supercharge results of patent console. We talked about the concept of quality through quantity of ideas. We talked about how creativity tools and systematic thinking tools can help us do that. We talked about how you could do things like expanding the specification using creativity tools. We talked about how you could do things like uh, having different perspectives in the invention to better understand it. We talked about tools to help you broaden the prior art searching, how to be better at keyword searching. We talked about how you could, through the process, maybe find trade secrets uh, to get your client to help understand trade secrets. And we talked about even understanding enabled publication, publishing ideas. In topic number four, we talked about using creativity and systematic inventing tools to overcome prior art. Prior art's a really big deal, as we know. And so prior art challenges are there that we need to overcome. So we talked about using creativity and systematic thinking tools to overcome the prior art. Uh, we talked about things like lion's den as a way to take different points of view. The events around checklists for prior art. We talked about cross map and morphological matrix as ways to help us understand the prior art. We even talked about uh, random seed, I gave you the example of the banana peel as an example. And then we also talked about SWAT, uh, strength, weaknesses, opportunity, threats, when looking at uh, the prior art. So all these are thinking tools to help us really understand the prior art. Now we talked about a topic number five, uh, using creativity tools to fill the white space. We talked about the idea that we could file patents in unpatented areas, but we also talked about the idea that we could analyze competitors' IPs, strengths, and weaknesses in, in the white space, is not just the fact that there's no patents there, it's the fact that we can see trends that you might not know of, that we can create these little snapshots of claim types or critical parameters or analyze inventors 
patents for buying options, and even talk about cross-mapping. There's a whole bunch of tools we can use to help us define the white space. Topic number six, where patent councils and inventors could use these creativity tools to do forward inventing. We defined what forward invention was. We then talked about tools that can be used to help forward invent, like the long-term sort of thinking, the time frame. We talked about the suppliers tool. We talked about the customer chain tool. We talked about thinking about uh, you know, using different types and times. We talked about how you can broaden patents through diverse claim types. We also talked about how to forward patent by looking at alternative embodiments and enhancing patents through all sorts of analysis. Uh, and we also talked about how you know we, we could think about forward patenting not only in the technologies they have, but in their ancillary technologies and future technologies. So through these topics, I hope that we've sort of met the challenge here where we talk about how ChatGPT, like technologies, can be impacting patent counsel and inventors, which might force them, might force us. I'm an inventor as well, and I do a lot to support you know, patent practices. We have over 50 tools uh, in intellectual property to help our clients. But you know, I hope that it kind of made the point that these ChatGPT-like technologies are basically it can be threats to the future because they're gonna be so damn productive and they can produce so much content and so much relevant content with just a prompt. So given that, if we know that, we need to start thinking about, am I gonna lose my job to these things? Or do I need to start rethinking or retooling myself? And just like I mentioned, you know, ATM machines made a lot of bank tellers not have jobs, but what happened to the bank tellers that stayed? Or what happened to the people that were gonna be replaced? they quickly started to get trained on other things they could do with the customer, the banking customers. So likewise, I think creativity tools and, and systematic thinking tools is a primary place to start to re-educate yourself. I'm a believer in this because I've been doing it for about 35 years. Uh, over time, I found that it's been a kind of a unique thing that I've been doing with IP Capital uh, because patent councils and inventors can simply do what they have been doing. But as the world changes, I have to think about, well, how can I reinvent myself in that world of chat GPT, large language model technologies? So I hope in this podcast through the six topic areas, it gave you some understanding of this. And if you like this, uh, you know, please give us a, a thumbs up and please take a listen to our Inventors at Work series. John Cronin, Invent Entity. I'll see you next time.